0: Welcome to the Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams
1: and I am joined by... Yo, what's up, holler at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble.
0: And as we wrap up Mother May I, a month where we spend time with films that perhaps weren't as critically and commercially acclaimed as they should have been, but most times they were... (laughs) Exactly what they were supposed
1: to. <laughs> they were to be. rightfully ignored. We
0: are <laughs> they were <laughs> rightfully ignored. We are going to end with something that has become a bit of a cult mm-hmm. classic. N- 1972's The Thing with Two Brains. Two heads. See? That's what I'm talking about live. <laughs> the thing with two heads. <laughs> I did that on purpose. <laughs> But before we get to our conversation about the thing with two heads,
1: Mr. Webb, Vincent, we have feedback from each and every one of you who follows our show on michelmission.com as well as any place and every place that you find podcasts, including Apple Podcast. where, All right. Vincent, we are up to 110 ratings on Apple Podcasts. Wow, that's fantastic. And I remember a couple of weeks ago we were sitting at 96, and I said, man, it would be nice if we could uh crack 100 and boy, have we cracked it.
0: All right. And we've got, thank you to everyone. Thank you,
1: each and every one of you. For any feedback that you give to us uh in regards to our show. We we have three new reviews, Vince. Let's go through them. Uh K at seven hit us up and says a top top-notch podcast.
0: Hey, Kayat. I love this podcast.
1: It always makes me laugh out loud. In this time of Darona, I'm limited to what mm. podcast I give time to because I, of no commute. But this is played immediately, no matter what. I love the banter, the deep dives, how personable they are, even in the Facebook group. I love the Michelle Mission and the community is created. It's absolutely a highlight now and was when things were normal. Thank you. Oh, well, thank
0: you. That was very kind. We,
1: we're doing what we we're can. we trying. We're doing what we can, Kay. <laughs> El Bloco McFly hit us up and gave us a five-star rating and a review. Hey, El Bloco McFly, thank you. Excellent podcast. By far my favorite movie review podcast, Intelligent, Original, and Honest. Love the Facebook group, too. Because of this podcast, I've gone back and watched classic black movies that I've heard of but were before my time. Keep on keeping on. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we have one last review and you take the good, ladies and gentlemen. That means you also have to take the bad. Greg got to take all right. Greg, the entertainer gave us a two star review, Vince. Oh, step it up. I love that you are lovers of black cinema. I am as well. I'm also in the industry. But you both really need to step it up with mispronouncing or just incorrectly saying names and titles. It makes you sound incompetent and lazy. I could barely get okay. through the episode where you called Hollywood Shuffle Harlem Shuffle and never corrected it. All capitals. Yeah. Robert yeah. Townsend yeah, would look at you sideways if you said that to his face. But when you just tripped and fumbled over Ahmad Albury's name. Is disgraceful. The young man is dead, will never hug his family again, and you bumbled out Aubrey Ahmad and Audrey. His family deserves more care, have some respect, or don't speak on things unless you know how to say their names.
0: All right, that's fair. That is fair. And we certainly apologize, mean no disrespect ever. But, you know, like you said, thank you for the critique. Thank
1: you for the re- critique.
0: And thank you for listening. Thank you for
1: listening. Thank you for the critique. Thank you for holding our foot to the fire um, where it That's is right. necessary. So we take that perspective. We take that insight. We take that criticism and we build on it, um, especially in regards to um mispronouncing mispronouncing people's names. Yeah, well, Ahmaud Arbery and anyone's names. Um, one of the things, we certainly mean no slight. And one of the things we often say, we may not say it always, but I know Vince, you are the person that actually turned me on to this phrase that when you mispronounce a name, you always follow it with... Oh,
0: it's, it is It is not the hardness of my heart. It is the clumsy, clumsiness of my tongue. Right.
1: Uh, And that is, we are falling victim and are guilty of that at times. And again, our heartfelt, sincerest uh, apologies. And we will do, intend to do better moving forward. All right. We also got a couple of emails, Vince, but they're from the same person. Imagine that. Okay. David Robinson hit us up.
0: Hey, what's up, David? Hey,
1: guys. Just found the podcast yesterday. 23... 23rd of May. So this is very recently.
0: Okay. My name
1: is David, nearly 60, and for statistical purposes, I'm a white guy. I, li- I okay. live in Augusta, right. Georgia, but please don't hold that against me. My job is here, though I'd rather be someplace else. Hmm. Okay. Have any of you... I love Augusta. <laughs> I <don't> know- <laughs> well, I'm just going to keep <laughs> on reading. Uh, have any of you heard of... What's wrong with Augusta? <laughs> ...of Ensign Jesse L. Brown? Probably not. Seems nobody has. He was the U.S. Navy's first black aviator, and there is finally going to be a movie about him. I am so excited. He's been one of my heroes since the mid-70s when I first read about him when I was in high school. I tell you all about him now, except my wife is yelling at me. So if you are curious, just Google him (laughs) and Tom Hutner, a um, lieutenant uh, junior grade who was Jesse's wingman, on, the, on that mission during the Korean War. I've only heard one episode, Glory, so far. Next up is okay. I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, which I love. One of the best comedies I've ever seen. Then In the Heat of the Night, another movie I really love. In fact, if I had my druthers, Jesse Brown's story would have had Sidney Poitier as Brown and Rock Hudson as Hutner. That would have been excellent casting. okay. As far as as far as Matthew Broderick, I saw a picture of the real Colonel Shaw and they could have been the same person. Also, I think the point of view of the movie has to be from someone that had a lot of background, um, has to be from someone that a lot of background is known, which would be the colonel colonel shaw the rank and file privates of even the all white units don't have a lot of known biographical information usually just names and where they were from my interest in the civil war stems from innovations on the naval side steam power armored ships a submarine semi-submersibles and so forth I guess rifled cannon would have to be one too. The whole idea of using something like skin color to dehumanize another human is repugnant to me. Take a look at a skeleton and tell me what race it was. Or a liver, a brain, a heart, a pancreas. Is it from a white or a black? Racism is idiotic and those who are racist are idiots. Don't get me started on racism. Or cops. Can I stand those sociopaths hiding behind a badge? Anyway, oh, okay. thanks for this podcast and movie selections. <laughs> regards, David from Augusta, Georgia. Well, well, thank you, David. David's quite passionate. He's so passionate that he left another email. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I like with it. A mov- you with a it. movie suggestion. I did not see a movie called The Express, a biopic about Ernie Davis, Heisman Trophy winner and draft pick for Cleveland, who died of leukemia before he could play for them. I thought it was really well done. In regards to In the Heat of the Night, such a great movie, great performances by everyone. Anthony James, who played the actual killer, said something like, every time he had to say something racist to Poitiers, he felt horrible and had to apologize. One of the reasons I love this movie is the setting and the (laughs) ambiance. I was six when this came out and did not see it until I was in my 20s, but I recognized the cars, the little burger shack the killer worked at, the small town vibe from when I was a kid. My dad got a job at Lockheed Martin in Marietta, Georgia, so we moved from Abilene, Texas to Georgia, which I hated. At Christmas, we'd pile Mm. into the car and drive back to Texas to see the relatives. I-85 and I-20 had not been finished at the time, so we took back roads through Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana. Right outside, some of those little towns in the Deep South were faded but still legible sundowner signs warning blacks not to be there when the sun went down those signs often had a clansman portrayed and they scared me half to death you think we had happened upon a different planet if not a foreign country the racism then as today is such a effing waste of energy and lives it's not as obvious or maybe blatant as it was but it's still here Especially among the effing cops. Regards, David <laughs> Augusta, Georgia.
0: Well, thank you, David. Thank you. And I've, I've also. Have you seen the Express? No,
1: no, I have not. I've never even. I've never even heard I've of not, it. I've not heard of it. Um, we'll have to look it's that up. It's
0: on the list. I'm about to say it's on the list. And thank you, David, and
1: welcome. Welcome to the mission, my friend. Um, yes. Uh, we, Vince and I uh, agreed not to speak about, you know, we're trying to keep this, this show as timely as possible and as evergreen as possible for people that listen to it so that you can listen to it and, you know, catch up on some news that may have a time consideration to it. But for the most part, it's mm-hmm. it's evergreen. You can still enjoy it. So, and because we are primarily a movie podcast, we don't want to speak out of out of school on certain things that are happening uh, on a more global or national uh, level, but in regards to David's comment about you know the effing cops, and also in regards to uh, Greg the entertainers, you know critique of our mispronouncing of Ahmad Aubrey's name, I feel that w- we should say there there is a certain news item that has taken place in the news today on the 26th of May 2020 that involves black men, that involves the police, specifically the Minneapolis Police Department, um, that is playing out seemingly almost like in real time on social media right now. And, and the last um, bit of news that I saw looking in on CNN were that there were four police officers who have been terminated from their position due to the role that they played in the death of another unarmed black man at a police stop. Yeah, Ger- George Floyd. George Floyd. Right. Was it, was yeah, the four of the murdered George the, Floyd. The murdered black man. Another name to add on a mm-hmm. increasingly uh, growing list. Of black men or black black people who are losing their lives at the hand of police officers in the twenty first century, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. uh, We're not going to go too deep on that. We don't want. We really, Vince, maybe a little ticked at me because we weren't going to bring it up at all. But I felt, I felt like no, 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 no. I
0: think look, it is what it is it is what it is. I I mean, you we're we're talking about that. We we're, we're talking about Amy Cooper who let's just call it what it is. She weaponized her whiteness mm-hmm. in Central Park and called the police on um I know his last name is Cooper as well.
1: Oh yeah, the 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 Christian, uh, yeah, Christian right. Cooper.
0: Yeah, Christian Cooper. And and it's 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 a pretty remarkable piece of footage because you see her doing what many of us, frankly, as black men and not not that, you know, not a few black women have mm-hmm. witnessed where where you have, uh, you, you know, a, a racist white woman sort of construct this scenario yeah. and, and, you know, weaponize the police and basically sicking the police on a man. But, um, yeah, yeah, like you said, it's timely un unfortunately it, it it seems like a week can't go by or a couple of days can't go by when you when there's something to acknowledge and address I know
1: I know yeah. So uh, check that out on social media ladies and gentlemen if you look it up I have been reading the story in real time on cnn.com um, but I know it's been posted uh, on other places, on the Grio, uh, and uh, all over the internet. It's, and it, you'll probably find it on your social media feeds—Twitter, Instagram. There, there is a very disturbing video that goes along with right. the uh, wow. with this story.
0: I was amazed that all four of them got fired so quickly, Frank. I'm not because you, no, oh, I'm I'm amazed they got fired because usually what happens is they're suspended or the police union steps in. Or you, you you know the hustle, mm-hmm. they resign, mm-hmm. and if you resign, then they can go get a job somewhere else. So the fact that all four of them were fired, I think, says a lot about just
1: how egregious this was. Oh, that, that's so. that's in fact, I, I do have to applaud the words that I read in the uh, the um, CNN article, um, the words of the mayor of Minneapolis jacob fry who said that he supported his police chief's decision uh at firing the officers it is the right decision for our city the right decision for our community and it is the right decision for the minneapolis police department
0: um and shout out yeah i am shocked i am shocked i am shocked that the police union didn't step in and like you said we're
1: taping this in real time let's check back a week from now yeah yeah you're right. Uh Aaron Fry uh also hit us up in regards to the story of, about the young woman in uh, Central Park to let us know that she also lost her job today. I, yeah, I, I did yeah, I, I saw when she was put on like an administrative leave and now I I learned she's right, fired right. as well. She was fired earlier this afternoon as well, I believe. And Maurice Popular. So. Poplar,
0: hey, Pop, uh
1: hit us up in regards to are mispronouncing. He says that uh, the review that we received, in his words, is Tyler Perry punking y'all because he got a new show called Bra B R A H. <laughs> now I saw that he's got a new show uh, uh, with about yes. black men. You know, talking about black men. Things is it actually look, called Brah? I was. Look, you know what? You know what, Lynn. You'll notice
0: I had not brought it up. It- I cannot wait for this show. I'm going to watch this show and take notes because Tyler Perry doing a show about black male friendships is going to be amazing.
1: I, I, is that really the, that can't. Okay. All right. Well, here's the thing. I'm, I'm looking this up, (laughs) man. Talk about derailing the show. All right. So (laughs) it's four dudes that are
0: friends. Uh, they've been friends, I think, since, like, high school. Mm-hmm. Three of them went to college. Like, I think there's a physician, there's a lawyer, there's another guy. And then one of the guys didn't go to... I mean, one, all, three of the dudes went to college. One of the dudes didn't. And it's about their lives.
1: Okay, so now now I'm looking at this loves. series. And from what I show, it is spelled B-R-U-H. It is spelled bruh. Yes. Yeah, so it, it as far yes. as I know, that's the way you spell bruh.
0: So it Right, and that's how as 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 black men we, we talk to each other and we call each other bra. Right.
1: So it is spelled correctly, so right. I don't know what Mo is talk, talking about. <laughs> oh,
0: no. I think he just wanted us to talk about Tyler Perry. Th- that's all. That's all <laughs> Darn you Mo. <laughs> but I cannot I, I cannot wait to see what Tyler Perry has to say about black male friendships. I cannot wait. To see what Tyler Perry has to say about black male friendships. Well,
1: um. Because isn't on like BET Plus or something? It's going to be on BET Plus. Right, because I'm sitting here. It's already out. It's already out. Vince, it premiered May 7th.
0: Is it out? Did it really? If only I wasn't so distracted by a uh, Octavia Butler slash biblical
1: sized issue going on in the world. <laughs> uh, bruh, Examines the world of dating, (laughs) career, and friendship in a present-day society for a group of 30-something-year-old college friends. This group of bras will unravel the stereotypes (laughs) of African-American men (laughs) and manage to maintain their brother-like relationships while finding love (laughs) and fulfilling careers.
0: Tyler Perry going to unravel it for us. It's the mystery of the ages. And Tyler Perry's on the case. I was very excited about it in the b-
1: the before before times. Uh, I don't know why you you you're going to knock the sincerity of the show, Vince. It says that it was created, uh, produced, and written by Tyler Perry, who is a black man. Yes. Are you saying that he does he is he doesn't indeed. know about the wake- workings <laughs> of black male relationships?
0: L- look, I am super interested. To see what he has to say, I'm interested in it. Like super, I'll have to check it out.
1: I'll have to watch it. I'll have to do like a little, a yeah. little like uh, I think there's three episodes premiered on May seventh, so I'll have to do like a little binge okay. of it. I will report back we'll, we'll next week. To, yeah, You'll report I will make back. a. Right. Do you have
0: BT plus?
1: Oh yeah, you got have B. No, I ain't got BT plus. Well,
0: that's that's why that's why I got distracted. No,
1: no, that's not enough to get me to BET plus. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. Unless they got capes. These bras got capes. If it's bras and capes, brus, maybe I'll get BET. Plus. Is it bras and
0: capes? You probably shouldn't Google that either. That'll take you some places you may not necessarily want to be.
1: Or maybe that is where you want to no, be. No, no judgment. No. no. I'm, I'm not trying to get on Bra Hub. Bras with capes is a very
0: specific algorithm. <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> let's look at a couple. It's like Blue Marvel Kink Play. <laughs> let's look at a couple of documentaries that are coming our way, Vince. Um, th- there was okay. one that was set to debut at the Tribeca Film Festival before the world imploded, and this documentary called The Sit In, um, produced by Valerie Thompson and John Walsh. Uh, brings home a seminal event in television history from 1968 where war was raging. Racial tensions in America were at a boiling point, dividing the nation. And in February of that year, Harry Belafonte stepped in for Johnny Carson to host The Tonight Show. It was a monumental moment in which an African-American would be the front man of the most dominant program in late night. For an entire week, his guests included Lena Horne, Paul Newman, Aretha Franklin, Robert F. Kennedy, and burying the lead, Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah,
0: yeah. I always heard about that, but but I didn't know. Like, that's going to be a very exciting documentary. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be very exciting. See,
1: like, as much as I have... You know, on this show, been guilty of you know taking jabs at Harry Balafonte for some of his acting choices. I I will yes. never ever take a stab at the man on on the personal side and his so- social justice resume. I will never take a stab at that. Of course. So not. Um, I am really not. intrigued to see this documentary, yeah. and I hope.
0: I hope that it finds
1: a home soon, someplace. The story that I'm reading from Variety doesn't list uh, any type of release plans for it. Um, But I'm really looking forward to that. That sounds like it's going to be pretty dope. And then there's another documentary. This one is right up your alley, Vince. On June 21st, TV One will celebrate Black Music Month with a debut of the original documentary, the beat Don't Stop, highlighting the history and legacy of go-go music and features trailblazers, legends, and stars who have championed (laughs) the sound throughout the (laughs) decades from uh, Chuck Brown, the godfather of go-go music. Uh, Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, this I know this is right up your alley, Vince.
0: I mean, it's, it's, it's right up the street from my alley. We were talking before we started taping. Half of my people's are from D.C. and P.G. County, which is the county of Maryland right outside of D.C. Mm-hmm. So I, I've always been surrounded by Go-Go fans. And then my cousin Daryl is the world's biggest Go-Go fan. Is he fan really? Outside of D.C. It's the most bizarre thing. Like, it's, you know, because he's a fan dude. But he loves Go-Go. Hmm. So, I, so so everyone around me is very excited about this.
1: Where do you stand and I'm excited by proxy. You're excited by by proxy. Uh, this documentary yeah. is going to feature um, conversations with oh, let's see. I just saw it here. Dougie Fresh. I'm, I'm assuming Sugar the Junkyard
0: mm-hmm. Band. Sugar Bear going to be on here. Junkyard Little Junky. Sugar Bear, the, the, the lead singer of EU. Uh,
1: it does say EU. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. My Rare Essence. The Maisha. I, I might be b- mispronouncing this. I'm sorry. Uh M A I E S H A. I don't know. T- so that know, may though. be Ma- e- Maisha. Maisha and the hip huggers. Right. Uh <laughs> Okay. Uh, Those
0: might be newer bands. They may be newer bands. They may be newer bands. Right. You know, I I know the old school people, Junkyard and E.U. and Rare Essence, and of course Chuck yep, Brown. Chuck
1: Brown. Um so that looks at the, so yeah. the, I can't wait that's going to debut on TV1 on June 21st. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's pretty dope. Dominique, Dominique, hey, how you doing? Hey, Dominique. In regards to B uh BET Plus, she said just do a free tri- free trial. <laughs> well, thank you, thank Dominique. You for the, uh, thank you, Dominique.
0: <laughs> I was about to say. Don't mind if I do. And you said it's so a- You said it's only three episodes of Brus that well. There's three
1: episodes debuted on May seventh, so I should be able to power through those three episodes at least. We're gonna
0: we're gonna power through three episodes of Tyler Perry examining the friendships of African American
1: men. i will be on a script that he wrote himself. I'd be interested to see what. Hey, look, look. If nothing else, he's given <laughs> a lot of black actors and performers and people behind the scenes jobs. So I'm hey, going to support we that. We
0: always say, What's our favorite kind of black a actor? Working actor. A working one. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So oh, I'm
1: gonna give it, I'm gonna give it some play, Vince.
0: All right. We don't necessarily love Tyler Perry's work, but we love Tyler Perry, so. That's right. That's right. You, you pause a little bit there, Lynn. See, that's what happens when you do it live. <laughs> see, if we recorded this, you could have edited out that little pause. But now everyone heard it.
1: You see, on the podcast tomorrow,
0: <laughs> I could
1: have still edited yeah, out the pause. They
0: won't hear they won't hear <laughs> but now you have to edit out all of it all of me talking
1: about it. Otherwise you'll be just be talking gibberish with no context. <laughs> <laughs> people are listening. Did that is he having a stroke? Will someone go check on him? My favorite episode is the one where Vince family. had a stroke in the
0: middle of the episode. <laughs> he was having this conversation referring to nothing. It's sort of like so on De La Soul's second album, De La Soul is yes. dead. There are skits. Mm-hmm. You know, because carrying over from the first. But there were songs on the C D that weren't on the tape originally. Oh. So when you listen to when you listen to the cassette, in the skits, they're referring to songs mm-hmm. that weren't on the tape, and they just sound like they sound like crazy <laughs> people. Like for years, I thought it was some type of real, because you know for our younger listeners, CDs were for rich people. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, I didn't have a CD player. Like, I was a poor student. So I had like... <laughs> so, Lynn, I can probably say this now. Like, I think the, the statutes of limitations are gone. Remember when everyone had Walkmans? Yes. But then it was like the Sony Walkman. Yes, of course. It's totally different. Which was like the actual, the, like the actual Sony Walkman. So my dad had a Sony Walkman right. that he told us not to touch. Oh, uh, Vince. And I kind of <laughs> had it. <laughs> For... <laughs> and he never knew. He ne- <laughs> like I had my dad's. I had my dad's Sony Walkman. And I'd walk around listening to De La Soul is Dead. And they were on there talking about songs. And I was like, what are they talking Boy, De La Soul is so abstract. And it wasn't until years later when I got the CD that I realized that there were songs on the CD that weren't
1: on. the Wait, team. Well, hold up, hold up! You're burying the lead here, brother. So you had your dad's <laughs> Sony Walkman, right? He had a so, because remember the
0: Sony Walkman said Walkman exactly. That actually had it. The rest of the joint embossed right, on the player. Joints, it
1: said Walkman.
0: Right. The other joint said cassette player. Like you just said, cassette player. But the Sony Walkman said Walkman. I have my dad's Walkman. So was he looking for it? Were you just... <laughs> Not at all. My dad my dad was one of them electronics. So he just team. had it because he
1: had to have it.
0: So he just had fancy electronics. And then, you know, he didn't necessarily... Like, he messed with it for... Like, when was my dad walking around with a Walkman? <laughs> he was a grown Bruh. man with kids and a wife. That's what I was going to say. In a mortgage. That's what I was going to say. Right. Like, where's my dad walking around with a Walkman? Because that was my next question. What is he doing? (laughs) Right. Drinking Jack and making ribs on the weekend. (laughs) Standing perfectly still. (laughs) Looking for like a Bobby Blue Bland cassette. (laughs) Who got my Bobby Blue Bland? (laughs) Right. Who got my Bobby Blue Bland cassette that I can listen to on my Walkman?
1: How How we doing, Vince?
0: Listen! right Vincent pause this is your father Lynn Lynn no bullshit he did it yesterday really he did it yesterday Vincent this is your father yeah yes yes it is yes yes dad Oh, God. Okay. I don't even know how we got here. (laughs) I don't even know how we got here.
1: (laughs) I knew it was something about missing songs. I don't know. know. Anyway, however we got here, we're here now. (laughs) Right, right. So, the time has come ladies and gentlemen for <laughs> <laughs> to, to get to more serious matters. Oh, you know what? Hey, hold up because I have a funny feeling that once the, <laughs> the our review is over, people kind of like start winding down. They hit skip to the next podcast on their listing or, or whatever. So I want to let people know because there are people that do actually try to watch the films in real time with us. I don't think they do it during May, But uh, at other times, they try to watch the films with us. So we want to give you a heads up that next month, as mentioned in the TV One article, uh, June is Black Music Month. And in celebration of that, the show mission will be doing four films that are big time black music films. And we're going to be starting off next week with Vince's selection Fame. So the original film, Fame. Yes. So if you want to watch it in real time, go look for Fame and, and watch that this week. Um, it's, it's an ensemble film. Um, and actually, it's a film that um, it ages pretty well considering how old the film is. I was actually surprised Right. By
0: that. Right. And, and I hear you with your little slick talk about it's an ensemble film trying to seed your, is this a black film conversation? But you know what? It's got Gene Anthony Ray is Leroy. Yes. It's got Irene Cara. Yes. It's got Debbie yes. Allen. I defy you to tell me anyone else in that movie.
1: <laughs> you have a point.
0: Yes, we'll talk about that we'll next week. We'll talk about it next week. But it's a, whole, it's a whole lot of stuff going on in fame that no one who saw fame cares about, except for... um. That's very
1: characters. true. Very true. But right now, ladies and
0: gentlemen... But that's next week. That's, that's next, next week. Next week. Yes.
1: Right now, we're going to close out Mother. May I have one of those historically bad black films that you talk so much about <laughs> as we review Ray Milan Academy Award-winning actor... <laughs>
0: He got in the Milan.
1: And Pro Football Hall of Fame player Rosie Greer in the thing with two heads. Stay
0: tuned. We'll be back with the film review as soon as we do something funky and have steps in it.
1: It seemed like a good idea at the time. The white bigot was dying, and the black soul brother needed time to prove his innocence. More power to you, brother.
0: I want to transplant my head on a healthy body. I think i like to donate my body to science after all. So they transplanted the white head onto the black body. Who would have suspected that neither would care for the idea too much? What are you guys doing to me? Shut up. Where's the rest of you? We are joined together temporarily. Williams, stop this car immediately. Why don't you shut up? Hey, that's telling him, man. I should have known your kind stick together. Will you please stop this infernal machine? Or oh, just shut up. Help! Shut up. Are you, a doctor? So far, so good. Then how about you taking old happy face off of here? they shooting at us! Man, this car's a real dub. Could I have a cigarette?
1: Oh,
0: sure, honey. Hey, man, are we smoking while I'm eating?
1: the window and see if any more is coming
0: ray moland and rosie greer as the thing with two heads
1: you get some sleep baby
0: why don't you stay here for a little while it's
1: no use honey maybe when i get used to it
0: now you know you got to go the thing with two heads 1972 film recounts the storyline of a rich but racist man who is dying and hatches an elaborate scheme for transplanting his head onto another man's body. His body deteriorates rapidly and doctors are forced to transplant his head onto the only available candidate, a black man from death row. Thank you for that synopsis, Mr. Murray Chapman, from um IMDb, The Thing With Two Heads, 1972, directed and written or co-written by Lee Frost, also co-written by Wes Bishop, stars as Lynn mentioned before, Rosie Greer, Don Marshall, and Academy Award winning actor Ray Million. Is it Ray, Ray Milland? Ray Milland. Ray Milan This was the choice of Lynn Webb as we end our mother, may I,
1: Lynn? What say you of the thing with two heads? This is what I have to say about this film. This film did not have to be a bad movie. On on its premise, the premise of first of all, it's it's nineteen it's, it's nineteen seventy two. This is an American International um, picture. American International, known for doing very low budget. Genre films, right? They do low budget horror. They do low budget uh, science fiction. They do low budget uh, uh, um, urban films. They 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 have a a filmography of of quote unquote black exploitation films underneath their belt. This is this is where American International, you know, makes their bread and butter. On these type of films right so first thing you have is the title the thing with two heads well that sounds almost like some kind of crazy 1950s horror movie right which is you know the the uh, the creature from the black lagoon it could it could easily just be as as simple as that right so on on just on the title you know what you're hitting for. Well, it's probably just going to be some dumb little silly movie, right? But then the fact that this then opens with the semblance of social commentary at the time with mm. this white doctor who, in the very beginning, um, who, who, who you see it's like a little off because he's somebody who's talking about doing a transplant and they transplanted the head of a gorilla onto to another gorilla so now there's a gorilla with two heads so you're already like okay well this is what I came for maybe that's the thing with two heads because within right, the first right, right. 10 minutes the gorilla escapes so you're like okay the movie's right, off and right. running I'm with it now we got Exactly. Because the thing with two <laughs> heads, according to what I'm watching, is strolling down this little neighborhood. I mean, it literally looks like it's right outside my house. It's passing mailboxes. It's passing people's newspapers <laughs> on their driveway as it's just, just lumbering down the street to where? The corner bodega, where he goes into the corner bodega and starts smashing up things. And all of a sudden, this bodega, which... I've never seen a corner bodega have two hundred people run out of it at the same time, <laughs> but two hundred people—it's a big it's bodega. It's a very big bodega. It's a, big, it's a bodacious bodega. It's a—it's a big bodega. Big de-ga. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll see my way out. <laughs> so, 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 alrighty. I'm like, okay, we're in for like a dumb, silly movie. But then it cuts to you learn that this doctor also is racist and you learn you learn <laughs> it but you learn it in actually a pretty intriguing way because he talks about a new hire that he's done for this institute that bears his name and he talks about being so impressed w- with this new hires resume that he told the board to just hire this guy sight unseen without doing an interview well cut to dude is here for his first day and lo and behold it's Don Marshall who was a noted black actor (laughs) of this time who comes walking in three-piece suit he's equally impressed to be there because this doctor um has a a reputation that it you know extends outside of his his um his clinic for working in in transplants his Don Marshall's character is ecstatic to be working with him but no 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 not the doctor not Dr. Kirshner as portrayed by Ray Milan who if you have seen him in in any of his other roles over the years, dating back to the 30s, he's a man who can make a very menacing, mean scowl work on TV on, on the film, and that's what he does immediately in this film. He's like, Uh, you know what? Mm. <laughs> in fact, we don't actually even need you, and so it, it, that's how his racism is come to bear. That's the commentary on his racism now. It, Outside of poor direction, lighting, staging, <laughs> outside, outside, of, outside that. of that, and a maybe pedestrian script as far as the dialogue, the plotting of that is a it's a little interesting. It it could it it could do some things. And Ray Milan, who as far as I know, has never taken a, a night off in front of the camera. It's trying to do something here with what he's given. So, this movie, it, 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 there's an attempt for things to come together. Next, you find out that Dr. Kirshner, Raymond Land's character, is suffering from some incurable wait for it, Vince chest cancer <laughs> chest cancer Can- his whole all, all of is. this all of it all of it it's, it has cancer and has cancer and and, and it's inoperable yeah. <laughs> so therefore also 1972 cuz in so, 1972 you, know. you could you couldn't operate on chest cancer so right his answer because in his words my genius cannot die his fair his answer is to transplant <laughs> his head <laughs> onto another body as as one, as one, does. one does when your genius yeah. cannot die yes 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 now but it must be someone who either has a debilitating disease from which they will not recover or perhaps someone on death row cut yes
0: perhaps someone on death row now were the death was death row his idea cuz i thought death row came up when he had already kind of started to slip away exactly because well no i think death right. row comes up cuz he just want he just wanted somebody who was dying and their body would be okay yes but
1: in looking for that his partner actually goes to, um, I, like, the, the governor. governor. <laughs> this this plot goes all the way up to the top. And says, Gov, I'm looking for an almost dead person. Can you help me? <laughs> but keep it on the low. But keep, low, keep it on the low.
0: Because not to cut not you. To but this was my favorite quote in the whole um, movie. They said we have to keep it low because, um, oh, what did he say? What did he say? Because public opinion might, might, might turn, might turn against us. Yes. Our- <laughs> right. The less, the less, our,
1: the less our chance with public opinion. Exactly. So I mean, I, I, I mean. Ultimately, ultimately, he he gets hold of Rosie Greer, who was on death row um, <laughs> for a crime that, according to him, he didn't commit. <laughs> of course, and we should pro- we should probably talk about that. Oh, too. we will. <laughs> we will, and something tells me we'll talk about it more than the movie does. <laughs> So Rosie Greer, who is sitting in the chair, minutes away from having the sponge applied to his head, so that he, um, so that he could be uh, electrocuted, mind you, the the prison guard, the black prison guard, when Rosie Greer sits down, the black prison guard greets Rosie Greer with. Uh. What did he say? Oh, God, I forgot. I just a blank on the He said, He um, said... I think he said something like, like, peace, bro. Or, like, go with God, bro. Something like that. It's just something like you don't say to somebody <laughs> about to die on the electric chair. It right. was really weird. Um, but, but Rosie Greer realizes, so wait a minute. If I donate my body to science so that they can do whatever it is they want to do with me because they didn't tell them that it was going to be a transplant. They just said that it's an opportunity that you may live for another 30 days after which you will right. die anyway, but you could donate your body to science. Right. He figures if I donate my body to science, I can spend these 30 days because my girl girlfriend is close to um <laughs> Discovering the real Defining killer. Finding the real killer and getting me set free. So, cut to Raymond Land's head <laughs> is attached to Rosie Greer's body. And though and after that, <laughs> hilarity ensues. Now, the problem is, with this is that Dr. Kirshner, Raymond Land's character, doesn't like black people. And he is almost offended when he realizes he has been attached to a huge black man. <laughs> they found the biggest black man they could find. He's, at first, he's loving it. Because as the film says in another piece of <laughs> biting social commentary, as Raymond Land is waking up with his head attached to Rosie Greer's body, it's like, I can feel it. It's so strong. <laughs> and powerful. Oh. Oh. I've never felt like this before. My god. I can I think I can lift my hand. My meaty paw. <laughs> oh no. And as Raymond lifts his hand and sees and sees this looking back at him. Uh. <laughs> oh, the horror that comes across his face. Oh the horror. A black hand. And unfortunately, it is at that point that this film stops any attempt at any type of social dialogue about this situation that it has put our protagonists in because from then this movie almost immediately cuts to a 25 minute chase yes. scene. And this is no yes. hyperbole, ladies and gentlemen. No, 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 not it at all. Is a 25 minute chase scene with involving yes. 14 police cars and Rosie yes. Greer, Ray Land, and Don Marshall's character who I believe is Dr. Williams on a motorcycle. Uh, Rosie Greer on a dirt bike. <laughs> so
0: this is the second film after Steel where we have a big Bruh. ass black man <laughs> On a little motorcycle. Looking like a bear from a circus on a tricycle. Right.
1: But mind you, it's not just the big, big black man. We're led to believe that there's another black man sitting behind him. <laughs> right. right. And also Don Marshall. <laughs> on this dirt bike that is doing evil Knievel style leaps <laughs> over ravines and dried out river patches. Yeah. Yeah, I think they actually stayed in the race. <laughs> it, yes,
0: in the midst of a dirt yes. bike race. Right, they steal a dirt bike, but then they finish the race.
1: The shame, it, uh, the shame of it is, like I said, this movie did not have to be this bad, man. This movie, I, don't get me wrong, I think the thing with two heads tells you what you're looking for. <laughs> Oh, is this the thing? No, it's the thing with two heads. (laughs) (laughs) There's a difference. But even with that, you have the makings of something that could be either a socially relevant comedy or a socially relevant horror film or a socially relevant maybe you know macabre sci fi film, but what you what right. you get is just what I lamented when we reviewed Pluto Nash last year for may I have another what you get unfortunately is a really wasted opportunity as much as I want to clown the movie on how bad it is, I think the most egregious thing is that it's just really a wasted opportunity for uh, something that could have been either outstandingly funny or could have been eerily creepy, but all the same could have been that much more uh, socially and racially biting uh, if they really took the chance and took advantage of the opportunity that the story presents and the actors give them. Because Rosie Greer... You know, no, he's not going to win any awards, but he's doing what you would expect a pro football player to do in this movie, and he's not bad at it. Ray Milan is is being Ray Milan. Don Marshall is a very competent actor. You've got the makings of something good here, and it just feels like a real big waste and a shame.
0: You, you know, I, I agree with you. Let's start there. And, and because i do think that the concept is like you said it has potential mm-hmm. and and just and and just this notion of i mean you can go so many ways so easily when when dr kirshner is in control of the body right and he's moving the body and like you said before his racism gets in the way you know he talks about the power of the mm-hmm. body and you know so you've got you know the commodification of black bodies and and, and the horror of of losing control of your body to this person and it's almost like like with a couple of, of of real tweaks you could see how this could work. Like I love the fact that he has set up this basically private hospital mm-hmm. where he's going to do it. You you know where and, and like I said where where they they talk to the governor about getting these death row bodies. So, you know, it's like this attention paid to, this is going to be controversial, we have to do it secretly. Right, right. So it's almost like like they could have set up a, some type of facility, maybe in upstate New York. Exactly. Or, 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 or just somewhere, you know, almost a rural area, and then now you just have to figure out how to get black people to this mm-hmm. place. And then maybe, like, if you had a daughter, and your daughter could date black guys and and like but you know it's got to be a really stupid <laughs> black guy because like you only date them like she dates them for like four months and then she says I want you to come to upstate New York into the woods somewhere out of the way to meet my parents and you so enamored by her goes I'll go up there with you and then you go up there and, and, you know, maybe to prepare the black guy, your mom can hypnotize him and then kind of go from there. And it really is. It it, it really like, it, you know, I'm joking, but it really is like you could do a double feature with this and get out because it's or or rather the first, as you say, 20 right. minutes. Right. Because after twenty minutes, I don't know if I don't know if if they got you know they got tired of writing the script, <laughs> no. or like the check from American International
1: bounce <laughs> something.
0: But it's like, but it but it really is like a, a, a something goes off and the whole thing changes. I know. I know. Until you know, as you mentioned, it's like a half hour almost of a car chase. In a film, that's an hour and 42 minutes. And then when they finally get to his girlfriend's door, and like you, I'm looking at the clock, and I'm like, how are they going to wrap this up in 10 minutes? Mm -hmm. And the wrap-up is, there There is no no (laughs) wrap-up. Like, they take Dr. Krishner's head off because now the girlfriend has convinced um, Don Marshall's character that he didn't do it, although, I'll just say it, Apparently, the whole plot is a friend he knew did it, Right, hid the gun at his apartment, and then stayed with him. And then when he found out that the cops were coming, he ran. Right. So, Rosie Greer's character didn't murder anybody, but he is an accomplice after
1: the fact. Yes. Yes. And, we, and, and so mind like, you, uh, we learn all that because that's the story that Rosie Greer is telling about what happened. Uh, so then you're led to believe that, okay, well, then somewhere along the line, we are going to find this guy who actually did it nope <laughs> you're not well, they take the head off and then the movie's and over the, and then everybody's they're singing "Oh happy day <laughs> then they 're singing "Oh happy day in the car
0: it's so bizarre, but it really is like someone had an idea. And then, for whatever reason, didn't finish executing. Like, I put in my notes their attention to medical jargon. Like, like they're 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 sanitizing the workspace, Yeah, yeah. And, you know they have the instruments laid. I'm like, wow, they they really think they're making a medical drama.
1: I know, here. like they get like uh, they get almost like documentary footage of them, like. Uh, manipulating the head and 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 uh and right. moving to the to the side and then detaching the other head and it's got the big r- tubes and everything.
0: You know, probably worth mentioning this is some early example of fame makeup artist
1: Rick Baker's work. Yes, yes.
0: So you know probably need to say most that most definitely
1: most definitely. I don't
0: know how I don't know how long he kept it on his resume, but this is early work from Rick I
1: Baker. I I believe this is only his second film. Um so okay. I don't see that I don't believe that this stayed on his resume long at all. <laughs>
0: that long. <laughs> right. Like no one says Rick Baker, Academy Award winning makeup artist of an American Werewolf in <laughs> London and did he do the
1: makeup for The Fly? Uh do you know off the top of your head? See so you this I don't believe so. I'm looking here. I'm checking him out. Uh he worked he did some work or like the thing he did The Thing, didn't he?
0: I was just talking about The Thing. John Carpenter's a Thing. Isn't that Rick Baker?
1: He did... Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. He did... No, he did not do The Thing. Nor The Fly. Nor The Fly, no, because his first movie was Octaman from 1971. Right. Then right. The Thing with Two Heads. And then the movies that put him over the top, he was an assistant on The Exorcist, um, okay, and then you know what movie actually like uh, put him uh, really got him some acclaim. He was the.
0: I mean, you're knocking up on the American Werewolf, an American. Well, werewolf that's so the that's now, the big movie. You're almost in the 80s That's
1: the big movie. Yeah, yeah that's the movie that got him got him uh, the big, most acclaim and awards. But the movie that really, I, at least, I know, stands out for me. He was the makeup artist in 1974 on the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman. Wow.
0: Yeah. I never thought about yeah, that that is pretty amazing. Yeah. That is pretty. And then of course Michael Jackson. Michael thriller. Jackson's
1: thriller. And he's done he's done great work ever since then. He's done going on to do work. And I'm just pulling here. He was especially he would he did the nutty professor with Eddie Murphy. Um uh uh, I just saw it. Men in Black. Um, he actually. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, we talked about him in our Men in Black episode. The
1: Ring, yeah. which was a very, very good horror movie from the early 2000s. Um, yeah, so Rick Baker, you know, he, this was only his second movie. I don't think this stayed right, on. But he probably. After Miss Jane Pittman, <laughs> I think this dropped off.
0: Right. <laughs> this doesn't come up that often. But yeah, I agree. It's It's a wasted opportunity. A, as as a film that could have been a film, but then it's also a wasted opportunity for a film that could have been fun. Right. Be, because, you, you know, it's like the energy leaves it completely during this. Uh, again, this is I think this film is an hour and 42 minutes. Almost one third of it is a car chase. Right, exactly. So by the time the car chase ends, it's like, God, let's just wrap this thing
1: up. Please. Please, and 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 that's Don Marshall. Don Marshall. Don Marshall. Not the first time that he's come up on the Michelle Mission. Uh, no, it is He is a not. very noted uh, character actor of television and film. I believe the first time he comes up on the Michelle Mission was in. Um, was it actually in Uptown Saturday the, Night?
0: I, it was actually the first episode because he plays Silky Slims. Henchie. Right. Right. He's the one, he's the one that tells the police that they're there. That's and Silky Slim is on drums and looks at him and says, "I'm going to kill you." That's right at the cookout, and then he says, "I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here." <laughs> but you know, what I always think of him about speaking of schlocky science fiction. Did you ever watch Land of the Giants?
1: Yes, so the uh, Saturday morning cartoons. Well, it wasn't a cartoon; yeah, it was a live yes, action uh, show. Yes,
0: right. That's Sid and Marty. That's in Marty. Yes, Crohn, it is. Right? Yeah, he he was the black guy on Land of the Giants. That was his
1: role. It said the black guy, Don Marshall. (laughs) The the black guy on Land. No, it actually did not say that, ladies and gentlemen. Just to be fair, (laughs) just to be fair, before Greg the entertainer. But that's who he played. I don't want Greg the entertainer to write us another uh, scathing review.
0: (laughs) Right, uh, right, right, right. He didn't. He wasn't. He
1: he had a name. He had a name. He did have a name. Uh, Actually, he actually, um, in regards to his role. On the land of, land of the giants, um, he was a first. He was the first African American male in the 1960s to be featured so prominently in science fiction. The only other African American wow. actors in such a position in the 1960s were Nichelle Nichols, of course, from Star Trek fame, and Greg Morris on Mission Impossible. On Mission Impossible. Wow, we don't talk about Don Marshall and Land of the Giants. No, we do not. We do well. We don't. Um, uh, he is a person who uh, is, you you wonder if he came up at the wrong time because he's got the looks, he's got the chops. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I think that. If he comes up now, he finds himself the lead on some TV series, and he's killing it, you know right 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 uh, it,
0: well it's 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 funny, even in uptown Saturday night, you get the sense that he's cut from the Sydney portier mm-hmm. cloth. like he's very kind of clean cut like he looks like the dude who would have dated um Diane Carroll in like the fourth episode of um how did I just forget Diane Carroll? Julia, name? Julia. Julia. Like he would have dated uh, Julia in like the fourth episode. Yeah. But then he ran smack dab into the 70s. Right. Right, exactly. Um because even as a henchman, it was like, how are you a henchman? You, yeah. Like you seem like you
1: just graduated from dental school. Like, like Why are you look like the hench accountant. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. So, but so um this did not help. What'd you say? This film did it not. It did help. not help. It did not help. You're absolutely right. Um, but he would go on to prominent roles. <clears throat> I actually seem to remember, I'm looking up looking up his uh IMDB. He did a he was uh, prominent on uh in a two part episode of Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Really? Yeah. yeah.
0: I'm dead serious. I was quietly a Buck Rogers fan. So was I, and I don't remember him. Yeah, I was
1: definitely a Buck Rogers fan. I also want to. Sp- oh, that's nice. <clears throat> and, it wasn't. And he nice. would go on to, um, because of his prominent role in a couple of uh, in episodes of Star Trek, he would become a favorite on the um, the, uh, convention on the convention convention circuit, circuit um, before he. Passed away. I believe he passed away in 2016. Yeah, 2016, at the age of 80 years old. Okay. Um, so Don Marshall, he he, uh, he yo he did his thing. He did his thing, and we will some. Yeah. him. Yeah. I also want to spend spend a little bit of time. I don't know, uh, Vince and Ro- Rosie Greer. Like I mentioned, is a Pro Football Hall of Fame legitimately. Um, but he is someone who following in Jim Brown's uh, footsteps, left football and then took, um, took up many acting roles and would become a featured uh, person prominently in movies and maybe a a little bit more prominently in television in the seventies into the early eighties. Again, you, you know, you're not looking for, you know, Sydney Poitier level acting when you get him, but you get a very affable, um, likable uh, presence on screen when you have Rosie Greer uh, up there. And he was a man who had uh, quite a career himself. I don't know how familiar you are with yeah.
0: Rosie Greer. I mean, not his football career, obviously, mm-hmm. but but I liked him as an actor. Uh, you know, I think everyone is contractually bound to mention that he and Pam Greer are cousins. Right. Like, you just can't ever talk about him without mentioning it. But, but it's funny, a few episodes ago when we did The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh, we talked about Metalark Lemon. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, Rosie Greer and Meadowlark Lemon kind of inhabited that same sphere. Right. Like, they had this great physical presence, but they were, they were, they were good enough actors that it kind of worked. And you kind of liked seeing them when you did.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I yeah. think I I, liked I, I, I misspoke. I, I I always believed, I guess, just just as a matter of fact, because of how you know successful he was, that Rosie Greer was in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But he's he's not in the Hall of Fame. I know that he was. He's not in the Hall. No, of he thing. was he was part of uh, the fearsome foursome back in with his days with the. Um, the New York Giants, and okay. um, excuse me, excuse me, and not with the Giants with the with the Rams. I, it was the second team, along with Deacon Jones, Merlin Olsen, and Lamar Lundy. And I, Deacon Jones and Merle, Merle, Merlin Olsen are are two. Um, players of renown. Deacon Jones, I know definitely is in the Hall of Fame. And I always assumed that uh, Rosie Greer was as well, but he but he was not. So I, I apologize for that piece of misinformation. I have no idea what you're talking about. I know about. you don't, Vince. Uh, <laughs> but um, he is a man that would go on to, like we said, he, he was prominent throughout the 70s with roles in Wild Wild West, um, Chips, Roots, he was also in Roots, The Next Generation, Um, McMillan and wife. And Mm. I used to like McMillan's. Did you really?
0: I love all of those versions of the thin
1: man, which is basically what it is, exactly. Exactly. Uh, And he was inducted into the New Jersey Sports Hall of Fame in 1997.
0: You should probably stop talking about sports now because in a minute I'm
1: going to start talking about heart to heart. I'm not. But what I am going to do... Well, I'm going to stop talking about sports, but what I am going to do is spend a little time celebrating Raymond Land. now, And I'm only going to do this because he's a white guy. We're not going to get too many opportunities to speak about Raymond Land. And... This might, be the, only it might be the only time Ray Milan makes an appearance. I get to show a little praise for an actor who I, little love for Ray Milan. Who I genuinely, thoroughly enjoy. <laughs> I enjoy every time I see Ray Milan on screen. I even enjoyed him in this. Every time? I even enjoyed him in this. Okay. <laughs> I even enjoyed him. You know why I enjoyed him in this? Because around this time in his career, as you can see, and, and anyone who's seen the film, he's definitely at the later stages of his career at this time, right? He's an old guy. But at this time, he's doing schlocky movies like this. He's also showing up at least probably once a year on Columbo. And Ah. and he's just having fun milking the scene. So... Just one more question. Exactly. He's like, what now, Columbo? I mean... I, I, I love I love it I, I I love Raymond Land but if 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 this is your first taste of Raymond Land and you're wondering <laughs> what the hell is Len going on about this actor <laughs> then I implore you ladies and gentlemen to dig into your crates or, or dig into the crates of Turner Classic Movies and seek out two films one is alfred hitchcock's dial m for murder which which oh, is yeah. a fantastic um like murder mystery almost almost plays almost like a an, an episode of columbo starring ray Land um and grace kelly in a film that was originally shot in 3d um, but still, but you don't lose any of the 3D watching it in 2D as it's been more popularly known right now. It was Alfred Hitchcock just trying to, you know, the 3D thing was was hot for a moment, so he said, well, I can do a 3D movie. And most of the 3D was just things being like, you know, coming a little forward in the foreground. Exactly. Exactly. That was the extent of it. But, um, <laughs> but it's a great movie, and Raymond Land is just, it's so much fun in it. And then, but even before then, the movie um, that he won the Academy Award for, which is The Lost Weekend, which is the story of a writer who is struggling with alcoholism. And he has to like uh complete this this, this novel like that that he's been basically paid advances to to get done. Uh and he just can't get control of his alcoholism uh it is you know some of it the trappings of it might be dated because it is from the i believe like the late 50s uh, early 50s but it is a phenomenal phenomenal piece of acting that raymond land does in this directed by my favorite director of all time billy wilder um a a, a great film i i i i tell you i you need to seek it out to see some real Raymond Land, see what all the fuss is about this guy. He was a phenomenal actor, and I actually, in reading more about him, he got married and and you don't hear about this in Hollywood. He was married in 1931, I believe. Uh, I'm going to check it out. Uh, yes. He was married in 1931 to Muriel Francis Weber, and he stayed married to her until his death in March of 1986. That is over, wow, that's that is beautiful. over 50 years of a marriage. And ladies and gentlemen, when I tell you in Hollywood. In the 40s and 50s and 60s, if you got to year five, you were breaking most of the records of your friends. So, uh, big, uh, just that just made me love Ray Moland all the more, just seeing that. So, uh, I, 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 I ask you to go check that out. All right, all right, from Lynn's, from, from Lynn's lips. <laughs> and, to your Aaron Fry actually agreeing with me, saying that Lost Weekend was great. And uh Maya Crown Williams, what's up? What's up? That's my dog. That's my dog, Mecca Uh she loved it. She says her and her dad used to watch it together. Oh. Uh, oh, that's nice. I don't think I've ever seen it. The Lost Weekend? It's
0: a I don't think I've it's ever a great seen it. film. Uh, I'll
1: have... He I'll, actually... I'm gonna walk. Because it. he was called to play an alcoholic, he actually went to a couple of um, like like hospitals to try and get a grasp of exactly what that feels like because he was so nervous about it. Uh, and he was primarily nervous because at that time, he was mostly known for doing comedies and like romantic comedies. Okay. Um, so this was going to be his first foray into drama And he needed worried. He he pulled it off sensationally. All right, movie on the list. All right. So, Mr. Webb.
0: With your Ray Milan love, would you recommend the thing with two heads?
1: I can't recommend the thing with two heads. You paused again. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I think it's a little bit of a crazy film. And I I think that you could wa- let's put it this way. I think you could watch it and maybe have some fun with it. I think if you're watching it sure. at the barbecue, you could have some fun with it. Except that 25-minute interlude in the middle, I think. <laughs> It, it, it deflates the balloon so badly in this film yeah, that yeah, even if does. you were having fun with it, you would, you would be tired of it and you'd be ready to – you might only stay tuned just to see, okay, well, how are they going to pull this off? And, and even then, you right. probably will actually say, I don't care how they pull this off. Right, I mean, because the film doesn't. Right, care. exactly, because the film doesn't care. It just wraps like, up. The film
0: doesn't even give. Right, it just sort of ends. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I, I think. The yeah, I wouldn't even watch this for fun, and I'm all for a fun exactly. watch. exactly. But once you get once you get past sort of the absurd visual, mm-hmm. that's really all the movie has to offer, even o- along the lines of a fun watch. So so no, I. I I also would not
1: recommend this. I will say, though, one of the funnier moments ever caught on film happens in that last 10-15 minutes of this film when the thing with two heads knocks himself out. (laughs) You have to see it to understand what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. But that's a scene worth seeing. I'll say that. But
0: that there, there you go. That scene, look it up on YouTube. Maybe you
1: can find it on YouTube. <laughs> look it up on
0: YouTube. There you go. All right. But besides that, no, no, never. No, no,
1: but I'll ask you this, Vince. Yes, is this a black film? Oh, this is absolutely a black
0: film, Lynn. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Like it stars Rosie Greer, and then the whole film is about, oh, and I did love this unresolved racism. <laughs> like Dr. Kirshner never learned he the doesn't. lesson. He's actually a ra- he's actually a racist when the film goes <laughs> yes. off.
1: Get me another body. <laughs> and this time not a black. <laughs> uh, excuse me. This time not a black bastard, as he was
0: <laughs> right. as we were
1: known right. throughout the film. Right, I kept waiting
0: for this great moment of clarity. You know, Big Mac. Did we mention that Rosie Greer's character's <laughs> name was Mac. Big Mac? You know, Big Mac, there isn't much difference between us. I guess we're all humans. Nope. nope. He's a racist for the entire They were film.
1: saving that for the sequel. <laughs> right. The thing with the three thing- heads.
0: <laughs> it kind of writes itself.
1: The thing with th- with two heads and two penises. Oh right, you- right. That was
0: weird. You- at some at one point, they go and visit Big Mac's girlfriend, and she is surprisingly sort of nonplussed about all of this. Like her boyfriend has escaped from death row and has a white guy's head sewn on her her shoulder on his shoulder. She wants to know. Eh, all right,
1: you want something to eat? Her response is her would response w- is akin to and who's your friend? <laughs> right, exactly.
0: I wish I would have known. <laughs> I would have called Julia over. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, she says, "Is that all you have two of?" And I'm like, "Well, that's kind of out of nowhere." It's out of
1: nowhere and didn't land, but and didn't land, yeah so Oh well, seek it out oh. at your own peril, ladies and gentlemen. the thing with two
0: heads. And May is over. And may and and now May is over.
1: <laughs> so may we segue into June, Black Music Month. Yes, where um, we next week will be watching fame. That promises to be big fun. Big fun. As always, we thank each and every one of you who finds our show on the MicheauxMission.com website as well as on the Podglomerate Podcast Network, the Podglomerate Curated Podcast for your listening pleasure. You can also find our show any place that you find podcasts on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, where if you leave us a five-star rating and review, that really helps us our show and we ask for you to give us an honest review just like greg the entertainer we appreciate it be honest we learn we listen we read and we learn no joke Our show is also available as a radio show every Saturday at 1 p.m. on WPPM, 106.5 FM, Philly Cam, People Power Media, here in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. And you can wake up with the Michelle Mission every Monday morning at 9 a.m. on WKDU, 91.7 FM, the voice of Drexel University. Okie dokie. So, Okie dokie. We are going to spend some time with uh, Debbie Allen next week. I can't wait. Yes, we are. I cannot wait. As we celebrate Black Music Month, um, we give much love to all the first responders out there and everywhere out there where you are missionaries. um, We know that the cities are slowly reopening and we ask that you be safe And be safe and wise in your decisions about how you uh, tread lightly outside of your homes in these next few weeks. Okay, be safe one another, and be safe and be good to one another. All right. For Vince, this is Len, and in parting, we say, "We'll see you when it's time to meet again."